This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Power Hour, DJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos. I'll be back tomorrow. Ken Barkley alongside You Better You Bet presented by Bet MGM. Ken, real quick, I love the clip when uh, you guys had Iron Eagle on and he was digging that song. That's probably the greatest thing ever. That's awesome. Up, every Jake. time I hear that, every, every time I hear that now, yeah. that's all I think of is how Iron Eagle love that song. Great stuff. Hour left to go in the show here uh, until 7 o'clock Eastern time. And then Bet MGM tonight with Ryan, Tristan, Nick will take over. Continue watching our show on twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, or on the Odyssey app. And uh, Ken, we have a great conversation about Super Bowl MVP. We're looking at the Chiefs side. You're making a really good case of maybe some of the other guys to look at for Kansas City's roster outside of Mahomes. I think San Francisco is so intriguing, right? Because normally when you're looking at the MVP market, obviously you gravitate towards the quarterbacks. I mean, as you were mentioning, historically, like it goes to a quarterback. But because of the skill weapons on San Francisco and the narrative around Purdy and that, you know, it's McCaffrey, it's Debo, it's Kittle, Ayuk, all these other guys. Like, I think it really makes it interesting from that standpoint. That's a big reason why I took McCaffrey the guy just seemingly scores a touchdown or two every single game. But this matchup specifically, like the Chiefs don't give up rushing touchdowns, which is why his price might not seem as great as you would think, especially in the anytime touchdown market. It's only minus 200 there where it's like minus 300 or above in every single game that he plays. So when you're looking at San Francisco, is it Purdy for you? Like, do you think that narrative maybe of being Mr. Irrelevant and going up against this past defense, like if he's able to win, especially if he's like able to outduel Mahomes almost, like if his statistics are better there, or do you think that it would end up being one of the other guys at the skill position? No, I mean, it's a great question. And I find myself more confused by the Niners and what to do. The Chiefs, I, I have a plan of attack and I'm really confident. And I'm, I'm honestly like really excited to learn, even if I'm wrong, I'm like, when they won yesterday, one of the first things I thought was like, we're going to figure out if I'm right. Like, we're just, we're going to, and that maybe the Niners win and we don't, but like, we're really, we're in the game now. Like, we're going to figure out if I'm like, it's so cool. We're going to figure out if I'm right about this. And even if I'm wrong, like who gets, well, who cares? I do. But like, even if we're wrong, like, oh man, like, I just, I want to know, like, I just, when push comes to shove, are you going to give it to Kelsey? Are you going to give it to Rasheed Rice if he's 13 for 120? Like, are you going to, are you, are you? I, I think Kelsey would have won MVP of the last two games if they had handed out and if they were Super Bowls and Mahomes had two already. Uh, with the Niners, my sense is probably so. Let's most important thing how does the market have it? The market has it like Brock Purdy is one of the most unlikely quarterbacks to ever win Super Bowl MVP if his team wins. The discrepancy yeah. between the Niners' price and Purdy's price 
is noticeable. And so even if you like McCaffrey and you bet McCaffrey or like you have a great price, so it's not really for you, but like if you like McCaffrey this week or you like Debo this week or you like Ayuk this week or Kittle or or Nick Bosa or Fred Warner or what I mean, God, I mean, how many all pros do they have on this team? Trent Williams, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, whatever. If you like everybody on this team, it's kind of like, all right, well, the market has it almost like Purdy's not going to win. Like that's how the market has it. So in order to bet into that, you have to actually think it's even crazier than that. Like it's so, it's actually less likely. That's my holdup. I'm somewhere between, I either just agree with this. Yeah, like he's less likely. Okay, no bet. Or he's Mr. Irrelevant and he'd beat Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Really? Not him? Really? Like, are you sure? And so that's that's the interesting part with me with them is almost like it is contrarian, I guess, on both teams because the Chiefs are now the Chiefs. The market is it's Mahomes shut up about everyone else, and the Niners it's it's everyone else shut up about Purdy. And I'm like the opposite on both. I feel like like if I bet the Niners, I'd bet if I liked the Niners in the game, like two twenty on a team that's favored, and he's the quarterback, and he would beat. He's never won this before. He's never been in the game before. Their identity is not an all time defense. They're honestly, and I, I'll be curious what you think their identity is. I think in the regular season, maybe it was something, but like in the regular season, he was number one in everything. And he would have won MVP if they didn't play the Ravens. If the team scheduled other opponents, he would have just won the one MVP probably, or at least would have been close with him and Lamar. He was number one in everything. Uh, in the two playoff games, their identity has been, they suck for a while and he bails them out in both games. The identity is not McCaffrey. If you've watched the games, you, like it's just that's not what it's been. And he can still play great, and he's the offensive player of the year. He's awesome. Of course, he can win. But like their identity, about this identity question, they're kind of balanced too. But it's I think it's been way more Purdy as like why did they win? Like they won because he killed it at the end. That's why they won. Like who would have won the MVP of both games? And he didn't even play well. <laughs> like would he have been the MVP yesterday of the game? Would that have been what it like? Is it is it Ayuk? Is it somebody else? Like I don't even know who would have won, but I think if it's I don't know who would have won. It's the quarterback because he's never won before and he's Mister Irrelevant and it's this great story. Like so, I'm I feel like I'm the zag on both teams versus the market. I'm much less confident though in the Niners and like that I would go bet that than I am with the Chiefs that like these lottery tickets on non Mahomes I think are like more alive than people think. What do you make of the Niners part? Like what do you think their identity is? It's a good question. I I really don't talent. know. I think that's basically the right. I think it's yeah, talent. It's almost like that saying, Ken, like a uh, jack of all trades, master of none. You know what I mean? It's like they sure. almost have like too many options that they don't. They're not like great at like anything. Like they're not this greatest passing team in the world. They're not the greatest running team, but they just have such good players at all these different positions that it's almost like they can kind of do anything they want. You combine the talent with the guy calling the plays and it's just like this perfect combination. So yeah, it it does make it tricky. You bring up a great uh, point too on just the price on Purdy for like being a quarterback on one of the teams in the Super Bowl, who who by the way is favored in the game, right? Like it's crazy that he's plus 220. The odds for uh, people listening on the radio side, Mahomes is your favorite at plus 120, Purdy plus 220, McCaffrey plus 450. Kelsey 12 to 1, and then you got a big drop off of Pacheco at 35 to 1, 
Debo 30 to 1, Ayuk 50 to 1, and Rasheed Rice at 60 to 1, um, and then George Kittle at 80 to 1 before you get into some defensive players. So I'm with you. It, it feels like if Kansas City does win, especially with the stat lines that Mahomes has had through the playoffs, um, and Kelsey continues to do what he's been doing, like I think Kelsey's going to win it. I think there is value on some of the secondary players in Kansas City, whereas I, I don't really feel like there's value on any of the 49ers defenders. You know, like a lot of these guys are huge names, right? Like Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Fred Warner, maybe the best linebacker in football. We've talked about how many great players they have on defense, but their defense just isn't playing well, so I don't think there's any value there. Um, if I personally had to bet a guy on San Francisco, I think I would look at Debo at 30 to 1. That to me would be the guy just because the Chiefs are so good at not giving up opposing touchdowns to running backs. What Debo's able to do, rushing, receiving, kind of this narrative around him when he was questionable to play against Detroit, him missing the Packers game, like how impactful he is. Um, and it just, you know, he's, he's great in the postseason, and it just feels like this kind of game plan could work well for him. Zay Flowers obviously had a great game against Kansas City, so I kind of lean towards Debo. I don't know if I'm going to bet anybody, though, on San Francisco. Like, obviously, I have my McCaffrey ticket at 7-1. to That's kind of the only guy I like, whereas there, there are certainly some players on Kansas City that would intrigue me on offense and defense. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on San Fran. I, I think I agree. I, like Debo is kind of interesting. It's worth noting just as we continue to lead up to the game two weeks, obviously, and we'll talk about everything. You know, one angle will be injuries, right? Like is Tooney going to play for the Chiefs? Is Willie Gay going to play mm -hmm. for the Chiefs? Be a huge part of their defense potentially and game planning to stop Brock Purdy in the San Francisco offense. Uh, but then the other part is just a week off for Debo Samuel and Isaiah Pacheco might end up being like a big deal in terms of like what the yeah. quality of the performance you get from both players. So look like Debo is a really compelling player. One advantage you have by betting Debo, and I, I'm not betting him, but the case for him over Ayuk or Kittle or, you know, an ancillary pass catcher is like, they do have some designed runs for him. Like he can generate explosive plays without Purdy being connected to them. And at a big price, like he's kind of a pseudo running back, whereas a running back like McCaffrey will always be a low price because his results and Purdy's results are less connected. He can catch passes too, but like it'll be more about him than about like the throw Purdy makes or something like that. So it is kind of an advantage for Debo. Like they'll have some kind of trick design stuff for him that's about him and it's not about Purdy. So I, I think that's a little interesting. Um, but I, I just can't get over the price discrepancy between Purdy and the Niners to win. I just like, if that's what it's going to be, it's hard for me to see that and think that the valuable bet is still a skill position player. Like, no, no, no. Like the market is heavily leaning into McCaffrey and skill position players. It's hard for me to believe like the quarterback isn't just the good bet. If I, if I like really talk myself into the, into the Niners, there's another aspect of this, which I just want to get into here for a minute, PJ, because I, I think this is really interesting. And this is. So for, you know, people who have followed the show even for a week or two, I am heavy Pacheco. And then last week, heavy Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. I have the three of those. Like, we're going to the finish line with huge numbers, and we'll see how it goes. There is an aspect of this that's going to get really interesting because I am going to try to make it really interesting in the next two weeks. Uh, do you know how the voting for Super Bowl MVP works? Like, are you no, I your, don't. I was going to ask your you Super that. Bowl MVP voting? No. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. It does not work like some awards work. Uh, the award is broken into a pie chart of an 80% and a 20%. And the 
is media members. I think that would be very intuitive to people who follow like these awards, final foremost, outstanding player, NBA finals, MVP, like the end, the end of championship type stuff. Usually it's the media that votes and 80% of this is like that. The other 20% is fan voting and it occurs on cell phones and like tablets and it occurs from people who are watching the game. This is a tremendous advantage for Travis Kelsey. This is, yeah. he, he has the, and if you're listening to this and you have followed us and you have bet these things, and if you know anyone in your life who's like a big Taylor Swift fan and is like getting into football, NFL's got record audiences. We got like attracting a lot of female viewers to the game. It's like a new demographic that's consuming football this year. It's been very popular, obviously. If you know people who fit this criteria, I would feel free to mention to them and for them to tell their friends and anyone else who might be a Taylor Swift fan, that they can vote for Travis Kelsey to win MVP and have an impact on him actually winning Super Bowl MVP in the game. Because if this becomes a thing and he gets 99% of the 20% of the vote, because, you know, a lot of people show up to vote for him for a very specific reason, you can put your thumb on the scale here. And I would just, you know, do whatever you want with that information. If you want to tell to people and tell them to tell people and tell them to tell people, tweet at some, some Taylor Swift fan accounts, maybe. Maybe we're going to do that next week. Like, yeah, you can you could vote for her boyfriend to win Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be really cool for him to win Super Bowl MVP and she's there? Wouldn't that be so awesome that you would want it to happen? And that's 20% of the vote. So, again, Mahomes wow. is insanely popular, too. I think that is potentially, doesn't have to play out this way. That might be potentially an interesting wrinkle that I will explore a lot next week. Uh, and, and we'll kind of see how it goes. It, it, it provides like just even a fun talking point for it's close. It's close. Mahomes 250 and one, 250 and two. Kelsey, the game he had yesterday or against Buffalo fan voting. What do you think's going to happen? And like everyone, I, I love people that call on everybody dumb for betting Kelsey, which is everywhere. Bet the quarterbacks. Kelsey's the obvious, every, everyone's going to bet him. Well, everyone's going to bet him and then everyone's going to pick up their phone and be a part of the 20%. So who do you want to be on? Like, again, like it's, it's dumb until it wins would be the right way to think about this. Uh, I just, you know, um, you can miss me with all that stuff. Like I just, this is, this is a thing. I think Mahomes is not as live as anybody thinks. And I think if they win, there's a lot of, look at how the games have played out in this postseason be blind to think that these have been led by Mahomes stellar statistical games. They haven't. It's not the identity of the team. Uh, he can win sometimes. He could play great. If he plays average, I think he's got almost no shot if he plays average, honestly. If we get a kind of game like we got yesterday or we get a kind of game like we got against Buffalo, I don't I don't think he's gonna win. <laughs> and I I don't I I'm really confident in that. And at best part PJ, I could be wrong. Like it's cool. If yeah. I'm wrong it's minus a little bit. If I'm right, I buy a new house. Like these are the kind of decisions you want to be in on. The prices are outrageous. So it's a good place to be. That is a good place to be. Do you, have you looked at the uh, Super Bowl like position market for MVP? Like running back plus 350, wide receiver plus 800, tight end tough, plus right? 900. It is. I think what I'd be more interested in is a two-way on Mahomes and I'd bet no for a lot. I think I'd be more interested in that. Like if it's like if if somebody really wants to deal like Mahomes one twenty yes minus one sixty no or something, uh, I'll bet the no. So if anybody sees that, mm. like feel free to send it along, and I'll you know 
whatever. I'm not going to put like my life savings on it, but I think that's like a really good bet because the Niners obviously can win. And I think Mahomes is less live. That's the perfect way to express that opinion, even if you think I'm stupid or crazy. A lot of good stuff there on Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, two weeks away from the big game between the Niners and the Chiefs. We're talking college basketball on the other side of the break. DJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM here during the Power Hour. You can continue listening to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, or continue watching at twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey sports talked a lot of football today talked some nba as well now it is time to turn our attention to college basketball here during the power hour not a great slate tonight couple of interesting games dukes at virginia tech houston at texas in the big 12 but ken now that we have one football game left obviously march is approaching march madness is approaching many more people are going to start turning their attention towards college basketball and uh that's one of the things that you and I bond over, obviously, is March Madness. We both love the tournament. It's our favorite thing. Can't wait for it. And we were talking all fair that uh, this year, I feel like every year we go into it like, wow, it's going to be a crazy year. There could be tons of upsets. But, but truly, like, I couldn't tell you, like, three teams that I feel confident about as of right now heading into the tournament. Just one of those years. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I say I agree. Like, I haven't watched any games. So, like, you've actually watched the teams, and you still feel that way. But, I mean, this is really mm-hmm. straightforward. Justin, I remember the first time I told you, like, a couple of the criteria that I used to figure out, like, who's going to be the champ. And you were like, whoa, like, that's so cool, you know, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this guy gets it. Like, this guy, I like PJ. Like, yeah. he really he loves – this guy loves college basketball, like, way more than I do. And uh, and it's cool. It's cool that you're so into it. Um, and I, I love the tournament. I don't have, I haven't even watched a game this year. I'm still excited for the tournament. It's just the best. And it's a really interesting question this year. And I could use your help. I could use Tyler's help, too. Um, and we could, you know, if you guys have bets for tonight's games, maybe we could do that at the end of the segment as well. Uh, my issue <laughs> – and I haven't, like, cracked the books this week on – on like trying to figure out who makes sense it's it's just early so I'll, every couple of weeks i'll put everything in and just see what it spits out and like oh that's kind of interesting or oh that's a team i didn't expect or you know something like that it's so like uconn last year i remember even as we got into february i was like oh they're like drifting a little bit and then ucla was a team i like completely fell head over heels in love with and uh and and got owned by which was really unfortunate got dumped by uh but thanks to drew timmy and gonzaga and a crazy game and a bunch of injuries that happened too so you know usually like i'm you know i'm looking and i'm kind of like what just to make sure like is there anything crazy and what stands out to me this year is that it's not crazy at all yet and the teams that all make the most sense are all the best teams and that doesn't always happen uh sometimes a, a top team will have warts that are not can't get rid of them and it's just something that's going to make me not like the team 
uh arizona last year i remember was a team that i felt that way about purdue was a team last year that i felt that way about where there were just these red flags where i go oh i'm kicking them like there's they're they're a no for me and they're the number two team in the country or the number five team in the country and they're a no which makes the other bets stand out a lot more that hasn't happened pj this year yet i can't kick anybody that's good and so like the teams that stand out to me the most are literally actually i don't know if this is true today it was true on friday Ken Palm's top six teams that he has in order are like mm-hmm. my six favorite teams to win the title too. And it's like, well, then there's nothing to bet here. If that's going to be the case, like it's lit, then the market has it perfect. If that's going to be what it is. So that's, and I'm not, I won't go in order here. That's like Purdue. I don't have it up right now, but I think I'm going to get this right. Purdue, Houston, Arizona, Auburn, North Carolina, and Tennessee. I think I have that right. Uh, in some order. And I don't like UConn, and we can talk about why in a second, maybe. But those top six, I, you know, just statistically, we can get into the coaching and other stuff, but statistically, they all make a bunch of sense. I don't have any red flags on any of them. They're all really good. It's going to be tough to kick any of them. And that I fear that I will enter the tournament with that same opinion, which is a terrible opinion to have entering the tournament. Because that, So that's what I mean when I say, like, I don't know what to do nothing i think with these top six teams all checking every box it's tough because for me at least and i agree with you i think those kind of teams have separated themselves to the this point you know there are some other teams that like intrigue me but i I don't fully like trust them yet like i would some of those other teams i think for me ken the toughest is just like the trust factor with some of these coaches right so you're talking about Purdue with Matt Painter in the tournament. You're talking Tennessee with Rick Barnes in the tournament. You're talking Arizona with Tommy Lloyd, who I love. I think he's a great coach, but, you know, Arizona just falls short every year with these great teams, and it's been a small sample size, but I think this team looks like it kind of is going to fall short again. North Carolina, Hubert Davis made the national championship game, should have won the championship in his first season in Chapel Hill. Last year, they were the preseason number one team, didn't even make the tournaments. First time that's ever happened. Um, so do you truly, do you fully trust Carolina? Auburn was my team that I really liked. My issue with them is that they play 10 guys 15 minutes or more per game. And they showed a graphic during the Alabama game that there hasn't been a team that's won the national title that's done that since like the 70s. Like, it's just really hard in college basketball to have a rotation that big with that many guys playing significant minutes. Um, And I do worry a little bit about Auburn's guards when we head into the tournament. They have an All-American big man in Janai Broom, who's awesome. And Aiden Holloway is a five-star point guard. He's been good for this year. Auburn is also one of those teams that, like, they're really good at home, but they're really struggle to beat good teams away from home. We got a couple different teams like that this year in college basketball that worry me. Um, but yeah, it's tough. See, it's funny that like you're not high on UConn because that's kind of the one team that I actually well, can I tell you like why? the best. Yeah, can I tell you why do. I don't like UConn? So this is not uh, this is not even really an anti-UConn thing. So something that has held true for the history of the NCAA tournament, uh, or at least going back 25 years, 30 years, is that you don't get worse and win. It's not how it works. You when you win, it's because you're better than you were the year before at basically everything. But even just team quality, like you don't like if you even if you didn't and UConn won the title last year, even if they didn't, 
this would still be true. This is a regular season evaluation, not a postseason evaluation. You don't go if you're the best team. Like let's say you don't uh, Gonzaga when they were like the number one team, whatever. So they've done this seven times probably where they've been the number one team and then they don't win. Um, right. When you do that, and then let's say you're like the eighth best team the next year, you're like, oh, eighth best team. Like you could still win the title. You don't, if you're worse, you don't win. It never, ever, ever happens. And at least right now, they're worse. Now at the end of the year, maybe they turn into a better version of UConn, which would be pretty compelling. Honestly, they were not the best team in the country last year, but they were pretty close. Um, if they got better and they imp- they actually became a better UConn than they were going into the tournament last year, now I'm interested again. Now I'm in. And they've won before. I mean, God, like just for people who that like, follow college hoops even as casually as i do now listen to the coaches that pj just gave you and told you that like not, and i'm telling you not like these are teams to consider these are the only teams you're supposed to consider like let's think about that that you're gonna get to the tournament and have to say do i want to bet matt painter or rick barnes or hubert davis and you didn't bring up kelvin sampson sorry like you don't get a pass when you're the one seed a bunch and a two seed a bunch and you don't win like and you get knocked out right. early sometimes you don't get a pass sorry like He's like, he's in the boat too. And it's just like, you look at these coaches. I, who would you pick? <laughs> like, I just, I, maybe I'm too tough on Hubert Davis. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Bruce Pearl gets it. Maybe Tommy Lloyd gets more of a better Cause he's, it hasn't, hasn't been that long. Like Rick Barnes is just like, what are you supposed to do here? I mean, like I really win the tournament. No, that's, I'm not touching. that's what it's supposed to yeah. Matt Painter. Really? That's what it's supposed to be. So, but I'm, I'm worried we're going to get to the tournament and it's going to be a bunch of those guys. And I'm going to be like, um, my first thought's going to be, well, is this the year that somebody really crazy wins that I can't account for? Because look at these, look at these dopes. Like I'm going to bet on these guys to win the tournament. So I, that's the other tough part too. Just to really emphasize, like you make a great point there. Statistics can tell you one thing, but also you just, let's use some common sense here. Like, yeah, Matt Painter can win the NCAA tournament. It can happen. Would you bet on it? And would you bet on it when they're the favorite? That's a tougher sell than just, yeah, he can win because right. everybody can win. That's it's that stuff when he's the favorite. So just like to really emphasize your point there. Ken, what intrigues me too about Houston this season is the fact that they're playing in the Big 12, right? So it's like all those years of Gonzaga playing in the WCC and Houston playing in the American where you would get your two games against St. Mary's or your two games against Memphis. It's like Houston is getting battle tested every night, right? At BYU, at TCU, home against Texas Tech. It's like every night. So to me, even though I don't think this year's team is necessarily as good as some of the ones they've had in years past where they've had Sasser as their guard, um, I think that aspect of it, getting battle tested, and the fact that they are just head and shoulders the best defensive team in college basketball. Like their adjusted rating on Ken Palm is 84. The next closest is 90. Like, it's just their defense is on another level. Um, if they can just score consistently in March, they're they're going to be a tough out. But that now that they play in the Big 12, I that to me right now would be, that'd be the team to beat. I mean, I, I, I do like Houston. Um, but yeah, to your point, it's like these teams that you got to trust with these coaches, I don't know. Um, I'm is interested. There a, like, question? Is there, yeah, is there a do. team... Is there a team that's that we haven't talked about yet? So it's think of it as like the big six, and then UConn, the defending champion, is like the second part of this. Is there a team that's not in that group that you think can get into the group, 
that you would bet anyway because you like them. So a lot of people like Kentucky or liked them, I should say, probably. And then, like, who knows? But the talent is still there. So that statistically, I'll just tell you, the team that I have, like, circled as, well, let's see what happens is Duke. That's the team that I have circled for let's see what happens. Because, like, they have a way – like, is there a team that has a way to get to no red flags? Does the team even, like, have the ability to do that that we're not talking about yet? For me, it's they have an ability to be that. They have an ability to be a no-red flag team entering the tournament. But it's got to play out a specific way. Like, they got to be good. And, uh, and they got to right. be better than they've been. But not by a lot. Like, it doesn't take a lot. They're, like, lingering would be kind of the right way to put it. Is there a team for you that fits that description? There is. Michigan State would be that team. that I'm just, I actually I'm not have them just up. below that, which is funny. It's funny that you yep. bring that up. Yeah. I'm just I'm not quite giving up hope. I, I like teams that are ranked high to some extent in the preseason. And if you're giving me an Izzo team with veterans that made a deep run, lower one made a sweet 16 run, easily could have been in the Elite Eight. I like their guard play. They're good on defense. Um, Michigan State would be the team. I'll give you another one too that intrigues me is Iowa State. They're so good defensively. Um, and their offense, you know, at times can be very good too. Again, Ken, like, tough thing with college hoops this year are there are so many teams that are really good at home that I just don't love them as much when they go to a neutral floor or they go on the road, you know? Like, New Mexico is a team that people might not know now, but their backcourt with House and Mashburn is insane. And, like, they won't lose this year at the pit when they play home games, but you get them outside of home, like, when they go on the road, they're a little bit of a different team. And that's college basketball generally. But I feel like really it's like kind of been amped up this year where like sure. if you just bet teams at home in the Big 12, in the Big 10 with all these solid teams, like they're really winning a bunch. Um, but Michigan State and Iowa State would be the two that uh, that that I like that could be intriguing long term. Um, is there a team for you right now that you're like kind of on the fence going back and forth between? Because I, I, I have a couple that are interesting for me. I think, uh, well, here, let me, I'll even, I'll do you one better. I'll like, I'll open up all my stuff. You'll get the, you'll get like the full display here. I, uh, I'll I'm tell not... you home, home road differences, overall percentages. Cause I, I'm going to lag here a little bit just cause I'm opening a big spreadsheet, but, um, that stuff does matter. So to your point about like, well, everyone's really good at home, but then when they do, like, then that's a then that's a that's a negative. Then that's like a no <laughs> if that's what it is. So you want a team that's not that would be like a really good way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. Like the so this is like a week old. The last time that it, yeah, like Duke, like it's just Duke for me. Um, they're so close to being interesting. They just they need so they they play tonight. Maybe we'll do picks after the break because we have some time. But like. They got to win tonight, and then they got Carolina on deck. Wouldn't hurt yep. to split this year for sure, or or sweep would be great, obviously. And that would get them a lot of credit in like my ratings and the way that I do stuff. Like if they win tonight and beat Carolina, and you and I talk again in ten days or two weeks, I literally might say like they're 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 okay now. Like they could win, and I'm not saying like John Shire is, you know. Jay Wright and it's going to win like multiple national championships or whatever, or like just that was the first name that popped into my head, whatever. But like, at least he's not the coaches that we were just, he's new. At least he's not the coaches that we were just talking about. And you can be like, well, they lost to Tennessee. Like that, that team was way flawed, even if like you don't want to admit it. And Tennessee was really good. Look what Tennessee's doing this year. So just like, yeah. I give him a pass for that one. Hurley got smoked twice in the tournament before they won with you with UConn last year. One of the reasons I didn't like UConn last year. So that's my bad. 
I'm not going to be biased against Duke the same way. Shires knew they would be very appealing. If they could just pick it up a little bit, they would be really appealing. Yeah, they're interesting. The team for me is Wisconsin. Like, I can't believe how good they are in offense this year. I'm going back and forth on them. You know, Greg Gard's another one of those coaches. It's like, I don't know if yeah, I can get there with him. Yeah, like, that's, like, he's one of those. Wisconsin this year, too. Like, don't defend at a high level, but they score a ton. What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> it's like yeah, really it's weird. bizarre. They they did good in the transfer portal. They got some veteran guys. So that that is an intriguing team as well. We wrap up the show next. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, giving out our favorite plays for tonight. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser filling in today for Nick Costos. We'll be back on tomorrow's show alongside Ken Barkley. Been a fun one today. Ken, I appreciate you, uh, you know, helping me talk through the Ravens Chiefs game a little bit. Ease, sure. ease some of the pain from yesterday's game. Glad you're able to, to win some money on the Chiefs. Hopefully you're <laughs> are you, you're able. Are you to, glad uh, that I was able to win some money? Is that really that's uh, that sounds half-hearted if I've ever heard something. What? Well, I, I, you know, I wish the Ravens won and maybe you covered the spread. I wish maybe we middled a little bit, but hopefully you can hit some of those Super Bowl futures. You got some nice uh, prices on Kelsey oh, and Pacheco and Rice, yes. Mahomes, and yes, all those please. guys. So that'll be good. We had Drew Dinsick on the show, the whale capper, earlier today as well. So make sure you go check that out on the You Better You Bet podcast. Ken and I, last segment, were talking about some college basketball. We were talking about some of the top six, seven teams in the country, maybe some teams keep our eye on wanted to bring in our guy Tyler Morales and ask him as well so Tyler when you look at some of these teams in college basketball you know the Purdue's the Houston's the Arizona Tennessee North Carolina's of the world what what are like the NBA guys on those teams who are some of the standout players um, that you could see at the next level some of these top tier teams so one thing I should preface before we go into this is like this NBA draft upcoming is going to be like one of the worst we've had in years I think the top three or four picks are like either G League Ignite or they're overseas. None of the none of these guys are going to be top picks, really, which is kind of weird in college basketball, which shows the state of college basketball. And the Europeans are just honestly just playing better than and their their game translates better to the NBA than what college basketball is throwing out there. Uh, UConn probably has the most. So Stefan Castle is probably going to be the highest, maybe out of everybody. He's supposed to be a top ten pick. Donovan Kling, we, we remember him from last year, and Tristan New and Alex Caravan were there last year as well. They're all probably going to be drafted into the NBA. I mean, you didn't mention this. You didn't mention this team, but Kentucky, I mean, everyone that touches the floor is probably going to get drafted this year, all five, six of them. So they have defensive issues, which might cause them from making a big run. Houston has nobody. Purdue has Zach Eady, who's probably actually going to get drafted pretty high because just because he's unique and we haven't seen a player really? like this probably what since. What is he projected? Yeah. What is Eady projected right now? I'll, uh, one the ESPN released the mock Jonathan Gavoni, who's a big who does all the draft stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had him in the in the lottery, uh, just because lot. that's how bad this draft is. That's how bad this draft is coming up. 
there are no good players coming in from college basketball going to the NBA, and he's pretty high up there. And wow. yeah, uh, Tennessee. Yeah, it's yep. That's that's the state of college basketball right now. <laughs> UNC Elliot. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not good. UNC yeah. has a pretty – Elliot Caudill, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, he reclassed the year up, so he technically should be a high school senior this year. But he's been playing really well, and he's kind of a name the NBA guys have been talking about a ton, and his name's going to start popping up uh, probably as the year ends, uh, comes to an end. He was one of the top point guards in high school, and he's been phenomenal for North Carolina so far this year. And Duke, I mean, Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski are probably the two best, and then Caleb Foster and Jared McCain. So, like, there's really not a ton of good NBA players this year. Come from and that are going to be going from college to the NBA. A lot of Europeans, no, we're not going to see most of these guys. Probably Stefan Castle might be the best one out of all these guys, and Filipowski. And there's really nobody that's going to be probably taking the next step that we're going to see late deep in the tournament, which is kind of strange. So that makes me that really is, like Duke. Yeah, that makes me like Duke a lot. I got to be honest. If like if they have a couple of these guys and these other top teams have Zippo. And Duke like wins a couple of games here. Actually, it makes me like Carolina a little bit. Tyler is uh like Baycott, R.J. Davis. Are these like second round guys? Are these like NBA guys? Yeah, like, who are these guys. Well, the, honestly, the way teams have been drafting recently is a lot of four year guys have been getting picked because the freshmen. You take these freshmen, they're just like they. Some of them just are awful from the from the get go, and they're not usable. Right. So yeah, a lot of four year guys have been getting drafted a ton. So Baycott, maybe R.J. Davis is kind of undersized, he's like five eleven, six foot. So I don't know right. about him. But if Baycott could probably fill a role of just a rebounder and a paint presence, he could probably get picked if he does well in the summer league. But yeah, of UNC, Caldell, and maybe like Harrison Ingram, one of their other wings, the transfer from Stanford, he's been phenomenal for them this year. Six seven wing, he could be another guy that can get a look. But like nobody really that's going to go lotteries on that team. What well, I only have one other team, PJ. Sorry, I just want to ask about Arizona because we I didn't hear you hear them in your answer. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think of, like, Caleb Love as an NBA player. Like, do they have, like, a guy? I mean, I haven't watched Arizona literally play, like, one game this year. Do they have a, a guy or two this year that you would consider an NBA guy? We're going to keep with this theme. Nope. They, I don't think they have anybody that's going to get drafted, like, in the top 30. Caleb Love's not very – I mean, Caleb, is, he's a good college player, but NBA, I don't yeah. know. Maybe Omar Balo. They're big. He's a seven-footer, kind of versatile. But, like, again, it's, like, it's bad college, talent. The talent in college basketball this year is really bad. And it's going to show when the NBA draft heads next year, but there's not really any any of these top teams really don't have NBA guys. Oh man, this crazy because is... Boswell's really good on Arizona. Um, Caleb Love, obviously, Bella Larson's really good. Dalton Connect, Tyler, you don't see him as an NBA guy for Tennessee at all. Maybe he, Josiah Jordan he James, probably, like a second round pick. Yeah, Dalton Connect's the guy that's been getting a ton of buzz because he started out the year really hot. He was over just averaging over like 20 points a game, then like fell off for at the end of non-conference and now he's back up again he's the guy that's been getting a ton of he's probably the only guy on tennessee uh, that'll get any love for the nba it's all in connect but one guy's better yeah. than apparently with like half the favorites are that's like a like think about that for a second like we're, again going into the tournament and you're gonna this group of teams that historically will pass all these tests they'll pass they'll have the statistics that make sense and tyler's telling you like not a lot of them have nba guys which is not how it normally goes and the coaches on these teams are disasters in the we I we you know what Pete we need a team to like get into this group that's not in the group. That's what we need. We need we need Duke to get into the group. We need Michigan State to get into the group. I don't Kansas. know anything about Iowa State, but you like them and they're close enough for me where like, okay, if they won a few games, maybe. Tyler brings up Kentucky. Like right now, they make no sense to me, but like I would actually have them as like an early exit candidate. What else is new with Cal and Kentucky? But like, 
that can change, I guess. We need one of these NBA teams to like get you know this so it's so I don't have to bet Tennessee and I don't have to bet Purdue and I don't have to bet Houston. I'm not gonna bet these teams anyway, but like and then it just again like it's like North Carolina are gonna win the national championship. Like I I mean I, I used to follow this team so closely. My dad went there, my family that went there. I've not watched a game this year. I cannot believe this is like a conversation that I'm I'm having with people. They did not strike me as like a winner this year, especially at the start of the year. Yeah, it's and you know some of your usual suspects like teams that you think are going to have NBA guys and are going to be great, right? Like Gonzaga's really down this year. Uh, Kansas, you know, they don't have much depth. They don't really have any elite NBA prospects. Baylor's obviously had a few in the past. They have one guy, but you know, not multiple. So it's just a, it's it's a really like interesting Vill- like year. Villanova fell off a cliff, like Dover, stuff like that. Right? Like Texas, right, exactly. Like no way. Yeah. Yep. So, so just like these teams, they're historically good. All right, you want to do picks here for a few minutes? I just want to exactly. make sure we don't lose. Yeah, let's do time. picks. Let's uh, let's drop the dope ass beat. Let's uh, let's get some picks here to wrap up the show. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points. Can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk free tokens, or converted to MGM reward points. It can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com today. Also, download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down the sports book, including five-star plays like Oklahoma City, minus two and a half against Minnesota. Tyler, before we get to uh, my plays and Ken's plays, what do you like tonight on the hardwood? I think we're going to be in agreement here, uh, PJ. I like Virginia Tech on the road here. One thing Duke, like, it's something we should pay attention to. They play, they've been playing, like, down to their opponents all season. Like, they had a close game to Louisville. I think it was a five-point game with, like, four minutes left. They've lost to Georgia Tech. Arkansas is abysmal they've lost to. They, uh, they almost beat, they barely almost lost to Georgia Tech again, beat Clemson by one. I'm going to take uh, Virginia Tech here plus the points. And their biggest home game they're going to have this season, they don't play North Carolina when they're on the road. So I'm assuming the crowd's going to be uh, off, out, off the chain this, uh, tonight. So I'm going to take Virginia Tech plus three and a half. Duke doesn't defend the three-point really well. Virginia Tech shoots it well, and they shoot it a ton. So let's go with Virginia Tech. Yeah, I love it. I'm right there with you. Love the Hokies tonight plus wow. three and a half. I'd sprinkle some money line too. Please. Yeah. yeah. Right. I uh I just think it's a tough scheduling spot too for Duke. They played on Saturday against Clemson, a game they should have lost. They were fortunate they got a call with like 0.5 left. And then Ken, like you mentioned, they got North Carolina coming on Saturday. So how are they not looking ahead to that game? Virginia Tech too is just like one of those weird places in ACC play that it seems like a lot of upsets happen. So give me Virginia Tech plus the points. Then in the NBA tonight, I'm right there with the uh BeckQL five-star model. I like the Thunder minus two and a half. They lost to Detroit last night while everybody was looking at watching Championship Sunday. The Thunder were losing to Detroit without Cade Cunningham. I think they bounced back against Minnesota. And I like the Nuggets tonight. Minus three and a half against Milwaukee. Doc Rivers' debut for the Bucks. Giannis against Jokic. Big time matchup. I mean, if you're giving me Denver at a short price at home, I'll take it. So I like the Nuggets and the Thunder tonight in the NBA. Cam, what are you on tonight in the NBA? Uh, a few things actually that stand out, uh, really, uh, one of my, like a trend, but something I like to do in the NBA a lot is play against teams when they get a player back from injury, the market will always respond by like rating that team much better. 
and I actually like to play the opponent, but the idea being it like takes a little time for the player to get reacclimated, especially if it's like when Luca missed a couple weeks and came back, like things like that. Not not players who are in and out of the lineup, like LeBron, like that's kind of like a touch and go one game at a time thing. But you have a player who's out for three weeks, a month, six weeks, whatever, first game back, like it's usually they get way overrated in terms of how it plays out. It doesn't have to play out that way, but I, that's an angle I usually like to bet if I can. And I feel like we get a really good setup to do it tonight with the Clippers. Uh, Evan Mobley is going to come back for the Cavs tonight. Uh, a lot's been made of this like amazing recovery that he has, and he's going to make the Cavs better, and they're really good. And they have been playing really well right now. Uh, the Clippers are playing like the best team in the league by far, except the Celtics, and they obliterated the Celtics in their last game. Like I, I get this price, and Mobley's playing, and you get you're getting a break on the price because Mobley's playing. Clippers were like two, two and a half. Now they're one and a half and dropping. Uh, 7:09 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be betting the Clippers to win the game at probably a pretty low number. Um, and then I actually like the opposite side of your guys' bet. I'm sorry. I like the Timberwolves. Both teams are coming off excruciating losses. Both dumped a game to a bad team in their last game. The one difference is rest, just like the Timberwolves actually had a day off the Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back. Both highly motivated. The Thunder have owned them in the two meetings, to be fair, uh, or at least outplayed them in both meetings. So, like, I get it. Um, play against that a little bit and just play the fatigue angle. And, like, I, the Timberwolves need this game just as much as the thunder do let's be honest so plus two and a half not my favorite bet i do really like the clippers tonight coach of the year is going to be an absolute madhouse if you get a certain set of results tonight if the clippers win and the timberwolves win i you're gonna have to take my phone away from me from betting even more tyloo than i already have i mean it's just not even close to right the clippers can be the one seed in three days like i just this thing's this thing's overdue for a correction it was great having you on today pj thanks buddy Ken, great being with you. Thanks for having me on. Nick Costos back tomorrow. You better, you bet. Presented by BetMGM. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM.